Hello, everybody. This is Jeff Brown uh, in Beijing, author of uh, Reflections in China Land and 44 Days Backpacking in China. I've had a couple of interviews uh, in the last two weeks with um, uh, a couple of fine gentlemen back in the United States, and I decided that it would be a great idea to have a radio program uh, on um, the 44 Days website uh, and uh, the Reflections in China Land uh, column because it is continuing, it, I continue to be appalled at the lack of uh, good uh, coverage about what's going on in um, uh, China, uh, which is one of the most amazing stories uh, that can be told uh, for the 21st century. So about once every week or two, I'm going to get on here for a few minutes and talk about some of the things that I am sure you have not heard about in the mainstream media. Uh, first one is, is the China will build a space station starting in 2018. Uh, they have uh, Russian rockets, and of course, uh, uh, the Russians have international space station experience. I don't think it was an accident that <clears throat> about two weeks before that, the uh, Russians said that they would be leaving definitively the International Space Station in, in 2024, that they would no longer cooperate with the Europeans and the Americans. I think they will likely combine with the Chinese uh, and use Russian, Russian rocket engines and build their own Sino-Russian uh, space station and leave out the European Space Agency and uh, NASA, who have no money left, it seems like, because of um, the fact that um, the West has has and continues to cut taxes for the 1%, and so they're broke. Uh, another thing that was very interesting last week that was completely buried in the Western press is Russia, is China uh, reaffirmed its strong commitment to Russia in spite of Western uh, expectations uh, to uh, uh, hopefully uh, follow uh, the West's um, demonization of Russia with all of the onerous sanctions and the uh, contrived uh, oil price drop to help um, hurt the Russian economy and the Venezuelas and Iran's <clears throat> and um, others. Uh, the um, foreign minister of China, Mr. Wang Yi, was unequivocal. He came out and said that China would continue to work with uh, Russia based on mutual needs and respect. And um, <clears throat> one of the things that I found very interesting is I heard a talk uh, from a distinguished um, um, journalist, uh, um, Jonathan Fimby here uh, in Beijing about 10 days ago, and it was actually a pretty decent talk. But uh, one of the things that I, I got a big uh, chuckle out of is he said that um, China only has one ally in the world, and that's North Korea, which is just literal propaganda, Western propaganda, uh, mainstream propaganda. Uh, Ch Russia and China are absolutely like two si like Siamese twins right now, a double helix like DNA. They are uh, doing what's known as intrusive sharing of their economies, their politics, their trade, their military, their intelligence. <clears throat> For, to combat what they see as a uh, existential threat by the United States uh, to uh, 
uh, overthrow their uh, governments and uh, either or and or balkanize uh, the these two massive continent-sized countries, so that they can uh, the West can exploit their uh, vast uh, natural and uh, human resources. So to say that China only has you know North Korea as an ally is absolute bunk. The next time someone um, that you, you talk to someone about that, uh, the uh, Chinese had their uh, National People's Congress uh, <clears throat> this last week. Uh, it went uh, very, very well. Uh, they talked a lot about environmental pollution uh, and corruption. Those are the two big issues that in poll after poll the uh, Chinese people are the most concerned about, and the National People's Congress addressed that. And we'll have to see. I don't, I don't need to go into a lot of details, but <clears throat> uh, one of the big ones was is that they will be, the Chinese said that by 20. <clears throat> 30, they would reduce their consumption of coal by 150 million tons, um, and I'm sure they will do that because the people are starting to demand, to demand cleaner air uh, and cleaner environments. Uh, another big uh, 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 hilarious thing that happened uh, just this week is the first the United Kingdom and then very soon thereafter, France, Germany, and Italy. So that makes the four biggest European uh, economies uh, uh, in the uh, <laughs> European Union uh, came out and said that they would join China's uh, Asia uh, Infrastructure Investment Bank, the AIIB. This is a bank that uh, China, Xi Jinping, came out in January of uh, 2000. Uh, 14, and by November of 2014, the bank was created, and at the APEC meeting in November of last year, November 2014, uh, 20 countries lined up behind the AIIB in spite of extreme pressure, threats, uh, et cetera, from the United States uh, for the countries not to join. The only uh, uh, Three that did not uh, uh, are the vassal states of South Korea, Japan, and Australia. Uh, Indonesia joined a couple of weeks later because they had just had uh, national elections and a new president was elected. Uh, but it's absolutely hysterical that um, the uh, four largest economies in, in Europe uh, have now joined uh, China's bank, which will be a a direct competitor against the Asian <laughs> Development Bank, which is heavily controlled by Japan and the United States, uh, actually totally controlled by Japan and the United States. Uh, and, uh, and it was interesting, in an article in the Financial Times, <clears throat> it said that the, these four countries disregarded the instructions of the United States not to join the AIIB. So, to be an ally, a supposed ally of the United States, you take instructions uh, from uh, Washington on how to conduct your uh, uh, foreign affairs. Uh, for the fifth month in a row, China has cut back on its uh, U.S. Uh, Treasury debt. Uh, I think it's insignificant, to be honest with you. I know gold bugs are, are waiting for the big crash to happen, uh, the big you know dollar crash to happen, so that uh, gold will... Uh, Increase dramatically in value. Uh, it's such a trivial, a trivial amount that the uh, Chinese uh, have reduced their 
uh, debt, or, or excuse me, reduce their amount of U.S. debt that they have bought. Uh, it's still 1.2 trillion with a T. Uh, so they would have to continue to sell off a lot more before people would uh, would take notice. And as I have pointed out uh, in reflections in Sinoland uh, and in and radio interviews, the Chinese and or the Russians could bring down the dollar tomorrow by simply starting to sell large quantities of uh, U.S. Treasury debt. Uh, that would cause the uh, dollar to crash, inf inflation to spiral in the, uh, in the West, and it would be the end of the world as we know it. And, but I don't think that the Chinese and the Russians want to do that. In fact, I think they're very happy for the West to continue to go on uh, printing money in, uh, you know, in, the, uh, in their um, Mall of America-sized, uh, you know, copy machines uh, to pay for uh, the uh, worldwide military uh, domination that the United States is imposing right now around the planet. They'll, they'll put up with that for as long as they can as they get stronger and stronger, cooperate more and more. Uh, and get ready for when it finally does happen. I also don't think that the Chinese nor the Russians want to be the one, at least in the history books, that they wouldn't be writing. But uh, in history books in general, I don't think they want to be the ones that are con that are called the, the black hatch. You know, they were the ones that brought down the American dollar. I think they would much rather it uh, to be to happen organically uh, in the West. Uh, by just general decay. Another uh, possibility is is that once the uh, U.S. Uh, debt, uh, uh, federal debt, officially hits 20 trillion, although we know it's a lot more than that, just based on the 2011 uh, audit of the uh, Federal Reserve, which showed that the U that the Federal Reserve secretly uh, and illegally uh, printed $16 trillion of, uh, uh, of money and gave it to the uh, world's biggest banks and corporations, including many non-American banks and non-American companies. Uh, so actually the, the, the debt is a f way more than 20, uh, already $20 trillion. But once it's officially $20 trillion, that may cause uh, uh, the dollar to begin to falter. But as I have pointed out, if you go back in history and look at the reserve currencies of the world, you can go back 500 years of uh, Western uh, colonialism and economic domination of the planet. And it takes generations for these uh, currencies to uh, change their reserve status. At one time it was the Dutch florin, and then it was the French franc, and then it was the British pound, and even after the British pound began to falter uh, after the Boer War at the turn of the uh, 19th, 20th century, it still wasn't finally until uh, World War I was sort of, you know, the, the, the silver stake in the heart, but it actually wasn't until World War II that you know, England was finally just flat broke, and the pound uh, totally lost its status as a world reserve currency. So it takes a lot for uh, reserve currencies to um, uh, lose that status and I think it might be another unfortunately for those that would like to see uh, the uh, Western uh, Empire uh, 
uh, and uh, military domination of our planet end sooner than later, I think it may go on for a lot longer than uh, uh, we would uh, like. Uh, another thing that uh, just uh, happened this week, uh, Henry Kissinger uh, came to China to visit old friends and uh, met with uh, Xi Jinping. Of course, you know I'm writing Xi Jinping's diaries, a historical fiction called uh, Red Letters, The Diaries of Xi Jinping. So I'm doing a lot of research on him right now. Uh, Kissinger met with him, and uh, they talked about um, uh, China, the United States. Um, and I, I wrote in uh, Xi's diary that she, uh, uh, you know, reminisces about uh, the, the, you know, people like Kissinger and Nixon uh, who had um, uh, a more vision than the um, very narrow-minded um, ideological uh, neocons that we have um, uh, running uh, uh, the West right now. Uh, not that Nixon and Kissinger were, you know, altruists. They were, um, uh, they hated communism, but they hated the Russians worse than they hated the Chinese. And so they uh, cut, cut the deal with the Chinese and started their, <clears throat> the, uh, um, uh, dialogue with Mao back in 1972, and of course eventually Jimmy Carter uh, officially opened diploma diplomatic relations with China in 1979. But it was interesting to see uh, Kissinger over here, and um, uh, to be honest, I was shocked. I did not see very much about him in the Western press that he was here. He was at the Great Hall of the People. He met with the President of China, and um, Kissinger stressed that this was that this was now a time for the United States and China to sit down and talk about uh, the world. Of course, that will never happen because the United States is a, a hardcore uh, uh, empire, and empires don't sit down and talk with their enemies. They only try to dominate them and control them and and um, uh, exterminate them. So uh, that's not going to happen. But it was nice to see someone. Uh, like Kissinger, with all of his historical baggage with Vietnam, et cetera, but it was still nice to see him, you know, and think about if we had, a ha if we had someone like him um, and the secretary, as Secretary of State than John Kerry, how the world might be a little different right now with the Russians and uh, the Chinese. Uh, that's it for today. I'm going to uh, continue to do a program like this, I hope, uh, about once a week, and um, Looking forward uh, to hearing any comments you have. L please leave them on my website. And um, thank you for listening.